0: You are listening to sermon audio from Fort Myers Community Church. For more information about how to get involved in the life of this church family, please visit www.fmcc.life.
1: Check, check. Hey, everybody, how's it doing? Good, good. Hey, so um, we this morning are going to open up to the book of Ephesians, so if you have a Bible, grab it. We're going to open the book of Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles in the aisles, under the chairs, um, and on the tables as well. We want you to hold the Word of God in your hand um, and go through it with us. We've been in this series uh, in Ephesians, and so we've been walking through uh, just the first couple of verses. And so we've been in this for about seven weeks now, and and we're diving in. So last week we actually talked about this passage of Scripture, um, and then uh, we're going to just dive into it more again because there's so much meat um, that we can grab hold to. It. So my name is Bill. This is Tim. Uh, we're both elders and pastors here. And uh, we like to do this... Um, discussion-type environment every now and again, because we really feel like, uh, one, it articulates for us what it looks like to disciple one another, and so the hope would be is that you can see this in a relationship that, like, if Tim and I went out for coffee and we opened up the Word together, that we could have a dialogue about this passage of Scripture, and that's discipleship. So we'd like to model that in front of one another, as well as we come across these passages of Scripture that um, actually uh, have just such a, a, a weight and uh, an articulation that's so rich and robust, and, and sometimes just uh, teaching it uh, with a monologue is not the, the best way to articulate it, and so that's why we talked about this last week, and we're going to talk about it again this week, and kind of have this dialogue between Tim and I, um, and so first things first, how was your weekend? It was good. Uh, we celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary Woo!
2: yesterday. Come on! And... and we had great plans and did absolutely nothing, yeah. Uh great plan. <laughs> Love it.
1: So good. Um, well, that's good. To, what day is it? What day is it? The 26th. <laughs> <laughs> 45th. You knew the number, though, 45th. It was
2: interesting because we actually got married on a Saturday. Okay. Yeah. And so it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's awesome. We, uh, Lauren and I are coming up on 14 years, and so yeah. I pray that uh, we, we have the ability to see that Time together and God willing he gives us 50 because it would be nice to do a 50th anniversary but yeah I love it it's up to him um and this weekend we actually got together um on Friday night with some of the leaders in our church and had a worship night and we've been in the process of purchasing this building and so I do actually have some some good news uh we have a closing date set for this week and so that's been a long time coming Um, And we've been doing little renovations here and there, and uh, we're still working out some of the bugs and the kinks, and uh, they're coming to finish doing the sound system. We don't have lights this morning, um, but it's okay, because it's only a building, and it's only lights, and it's only stuff. Um, But we got to uh, meet with some of our leaders up in our... Uh, new room upstairs, so behind stage, we created kind of a multi-purpose room. Um, we had a night of worship, and um, the reason why I wanted to share that is because, one, it was super impactful for me just to be there worshiping, uh, but two, we have this process. Uh, the, the Christianese word, or the church word, would be assimilation, but there's this process in which you come to a church, maybe for the first time, you sit, you listen, and then you leave, and then there's always the question do we go back there? Do we like the people there? Do we like the music? Do we like the teaching? Um, but then you come back again and again, and then you begin to call a church home, right? Because the church is a family. It's not a building, it's not a place, it's a family that we get to participate in with one another. And so um, once you start coming back on a regular basis, we actually have this process in which we want to help one another grow, because Tim and I's roles as elders, the Bible says is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and so some of the ways that you can plug in is through serving within one of our ministries you can plug in by coming to a connect lunch that we have every so often and that just shares the mission and the vision of what God is doing in the life of our church Um, you can give and you can live in biblical community and so we have community groups that meet all throughout the week Um, and so if you desire have something within you that says hey I would love to grow in my relationship with the Lord. The thing that both Tim and I would say is then plug into a community group. We have amazing community group leaders and we have amazing people in those community groups that are challenging one another and coming together and looking at the word together. In those groups, we talk about the sermons on Sundays. And so if there's something that you wanted to dialogue about or press into more, that's what community groups are for. Then from community groups, we also have this membership process. And so we believe that in Scripture, when we look at it, we believe that you are a, a member of a church, not just a consumer, but members. They come and they, they own the mission and the vision of what God has given them and given us. And so in that, uh, we have set up these membership discussions. And so a couple of weeks ago, we had a one-day membership discussion, and that was a, a Saturday morning from 9 to 12. And then coming up and starting next week, is a membership discussion, um, and that, the reason why we call it membership discussion is because you probably have some sort of background if you've been in church for a long time about what membership is, and there's... Um, a lot of churches teach it differently, and so what we want to do is come together, open up the Word together, and talk about what it means to be a member of a biblical church through the Word of God, and so it's a discussion. It's an opportunity for us to have a give and take and to talk about what it looks like to be a member of a church, and so um, what it looks like to own the mission and the vision together with one another, and so that starts next week, so when you're leaving here, um, you can, uh, on that round table that's right in the middle of the room, um, you can sign up for that starting next week. Uh, It's going to be a three-week in the morning, uh, I think it starts at 8.30 um, in the morning, and uh, you'll come here, you'll meet upstairs in the new room, the upper room, um, and, uh, and that's just a great time to just talk and dialogue about what God is doing in the life of the church, how you can be more, like, more of a member uh, in the this life of this body, and then that leads into community group leadership, that leads into deacons, that leads into elders and all that stuff, and so that's kind of part of the discipleship process that we've laid out here, so to be a member, sign up for that on your way out. So let's open up. Ephesians 1. I'm going to start in verse 11, and then Tim and I are just going to talk about it. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Can I pray for us? Yeah. Jesus, thank you for this word. Uh, Thank you for your word that you uh, have inspired Paul to write down while he was in a very, very difficult Situation, God, he's imprisoned, he uh, is writing to a church that he loves, um, and that we get to sit here and be discipled, not only by Paul, um, but we get to be discipled by one another, um, to be encouraged uh, through this word and look at the Holy Spirit. And so, um, God, we pray that this time would be fruitful. We do pray that your Spirit would come and uh, be move in power, as we just sang, um, that it would stir affections in us for your glory, for your name. Uh, and so we lift this all up in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so here's what we've seen so far. We talked about um, this whole thing is under the banner of, of praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and then we see that this is ac- according to God's good pleasure, and that he unites all things in Jesus throughout all time, and then we receive this inheritance. And so that's kind of where we've been over the last few weeks. Um, and so what is the first thing that you're seeing that's just sticking out to you? What hit me over the last couple of weeks, um,
2: Let me back up a little bit. So a few weeks ago, Kathy and I were blessed to sit with a brother and sister in Christ, and one of the questions that came up was, uh, can I disappoint God, and is God safe? And as I looked at this text and looked at the, the biblical truth that's in this text, this text just drives home that, number one, I can be very secure in God. He desires our security in him. It pleases him. And the other thing is, God is safe. Now, we sit in a society that wants to turn kind of God around as a risky God, and, but God is safe. And I want to unpack that today. He expects things out of us in our salvation, but when you believe, when he puts his grace upon you, when you believe in faith and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, you're in the safest condition your soul will ever be in. Mm. So what I'd like to do is is kind of walk through this, and then, Bill, we can discuss it. One thing we have to look at in, in verse 11, there's a really interesting beginning. It says, in him we have obtained an inheritance. The Greek there is basically Paul. Remember who Paul is. He's a Pharisee, right? He knows the Old Testament, right? And the Greek there is Paul saying that we are God's portion, God owns us we're his possession and so what he really does he reaches all the way back to Deuteronomy to the song of Moses and I want us to go there and then I'm going to run us through a thing in in Psalms to build this security in God this safety that he is and then we'll we'll come back to that but turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6 excuse me Deuteronomy chapter 32 we're in what we call the song of Moses So Deuteronomy, this is where Paul's getting this idea of the very opening 11. He says you have obtained an inheritance. This is where Paul's drawing from God's word to get there. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 8 says, When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind and he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. Okay, so that's what God did with mankind. He separated them out. Then verse 9 says, but the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his allotted heritage. So God said that my portion will be the people of Israel. They are mine for my pleasure to display me. Let's turn to Psalms 106. Okay, This is where Being this portion that Paul's talking about in Ephesians, obtaining this inheritance, this is where we see the safety and the security that Paul's going to lead into being sealed with the Holy Spirit here in a little bit, okay? So go to Psalms 106. I'm going to warn you right now. I'm going to read about nine verses. At the very beginning, I guarantee you, some of you are going to go, where's Tim going? (laughs) I do not get this. Just wait to God, let God's word finish, okay? Psalms 106, we're going to start in verse 40. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people. He abhorred his heritage. So the very beginning of this psalm, that, that heritage, that possession, that portion he said he has, right now he don't like them. Right now he's angry at them. Why? They're sinful people. Okay? Keep that in your mind. We're going to keep going. He gave them into the hand of the nations, so that those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them. They were brought into subjection under their power. Many times he delivered them, but they were rebellious in their purposes, and they were brought low through their inequity. Nevertheless, here's where it changes, right? Here's who they are. These are his portion. This is his inheritance. He now changes. Look at verse 40. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry. For their sake, he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitted and all those who held them captive. Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your name. Blessed be the Lord of the God, Israel, and everlasting to everlasting. And let all people say amen. Bless the Lord. That's his portion. That's the same portion that's in Paul's mind in Ephesians 11. There's a security. Here's a God that way back in Deuteronomy says, I have this portion that's mine. He comes all the way into the New Testament or into into, uh, Psalms and says, I'm not really happy with you guys, but I'm hearing your cry. Because you're my people, because I have a covenant with you, I hear your cry and I will bring you back. In the greatest place he does that, we're going to see in 12, is Jesus Christ. You're safe because of Jesus Christ. You're secure because of Jesus Christ. That's the God we have. He was not happy with Israel, but he heard their cry. What safer place to be with the creator of the universe that when we don't know what's going on, all we have to do is cry out to him. And I'm safe to cry out to him. And I'm secure to cry out to him. So in Levin he starts this whole thing about our inheritance. That you are God's portion, church. Just like Deuteronomy tells you. Just like um, Psalms tells you. You're secure. Your God is safe. Your God hears your cries. Your God has a way back to him. When you may not know how to get back to him. And that's clear back 7,000 years ago mm. with Moses. And it's just true today because God is always faithful. Mm. So
1: that's how he starts his whole part about being seen. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the Holy Spirit, I think, is something that there's so many different thoughts and opinions about the Holy Spirit in our culture. And there's an author, pastor, his name is Sam Storms, and he said this at a conference th- once, and it just really opened up my mind to the kind of the state of the American church that we have today but he said in scripture we see this beautiful marriage between the word of God and the spirit of God and in our culture we have successfully divorced the two he said so what we find is we find churches that are full of the spirit and void of the word or churches that are full of the word and void of the spirit and we have to get back to the place where it is scriptural we have both of these together, yeah. because the Holy Spirit did not just appear at Pentecost it's always been, and so what Tim was just talking about, he was talking about the Holy Spirit that is seen with Moses, his Holy Spirit seen with David. I mean, we see Genesis one, what happens right there's darkness, and who's hovering over the darkness, the Spirit of God, and so it's not all like all of a sudden like God just decided, hey i 'm going to invent this thing called the Spirit. I'm going to invent this person called Jesus, who's going to be my son. Like, they've always existed for all of eternity with one another. And so when we begin to look, and I'm, I'm going to look at actually um, Ezekiel in a little bit, um, we, we realize that like the Spirit is in the Old Testament just as much as, as it is in the New Testament. And, and there is a movement in our culture today that says, well, the works of the Spirit have actually ceased, have stopped. Um, once this canon, once this, this book was closed. Um, but that's actually not what we see in Scripture. When we read it, we see that the Spirit of God is actually living and active, and it's what gives us power. And this idea of being sealed with the Holy Spirit is this idea of, and you would know more about this than I do, because you, you come from farmland. No, farmland. <laughs> I'm um, the old guy. I actually, that you're one? not wearing your boots today, <laughs> not which boots, I was either. like, man, yeah, this could be a great analogy. Well, if you would have prepped me, I would have Tim has these really nice he has Sunday boots, and then he's got his ranching boots. And so I was going to have him bring his ranching boots, um, but, uh, but in, in, in a, on a farm, like with cattle, they would brand these animals, um, even back then, and Paul would know this, and so when Paul's using this like, imagery, like sealed with the Holy Spirit, um, he's speaking to a culture that understands this stuff. How many of you farm? How many of you have a cow at home? Okay, a couple of you. All right, so, um, so there's... But this is not normal to our culture, and so if we don't understand the context of it, sometimes it doesn't, like, hit us with the weight, but they would actually take this... I don't know what it's called. Do you know what it's called? The thing that they brand them with? A branding iron. There, there you go, branding iron. Um, they'd heat it up, um, and then they'd sear yep. the flesh of the animal. Shows and put, ownership. It shows ownership. And it's so illegal
2: to steal a branded cow. It's illegal? So if somebody gets... Caught with a, their a brand, brand of- that's not theirs, it's pretty hefty penalties. Yeah, in the old west, you could get shot for it. Yeah. Um. So there's security being sealed in the in the Holy Spirit of God. Um, so it just you started this, and we'll yeah. go on a little. Let's keep, you Let's keep going. Let's keep going. This is what it's about. Um, one of the most beautiful things about that is Branding Day in ranching country is a huge celebration. Mm. It's a day of prayer. It's a day of fellowship. It's a day of helping your neighbor ranchers will come together and, and help each other brand their cattle. And in that it always starts with prayer. Mm. Everyone I've ever been to the food's magnificent. The fellowship is great. Mm. And you're sitting there helping. Right. It's just a beautiful idea. I love what you said there, too. D.A. Carson says everybody should be a biblical, charismatic, charismatic person. Mm. right? But We're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And you said that sealed part. When we get when we look at 12 and it talks about being sealed, the picture there is, if you look at what Bill was just saying, turn, again, go back to Ephesians, in, in chapter 12, where he's talking about this, or excuse me, chapter 1, verse 12, actually 13, it says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation and believed, when you had faith in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So I'm holding a coin here. and one side of the corn coin uh, is Benjamin Franklin and the other side of the coin sorry, is the Liberty Belt. What we need to realize and we don't, because I think a lot of times in Western Christianity we're, we're more duality than we all we are Trinitarian. Mm. We spend a lot of time talking about Christ and a lot of time talking about God and the Holy Spirit's just this kind of thing out here that we don't understand, we don't talk about it. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're not Trinitarian. We're duality. And that's not a good place to be because it's not biblical. We have to all realize the minute you put your faith in Christ and we're sealed, your belief, you're, the minute you had faith, the minute you had the Holy Spirit, hmm. he entered you right then and there. You didn't have to earn him. You didn't have to wait for him. This scripture, it's really interesting, this scripture, it's one event, kind of not even time. When you said, I believe in you, guess what? Holy Spirit came, Mm. right? We don't always live that way. Maybe we don't even understand that, right? Maybe we're kind of waiting for some great event. Um, But that also means that I have the fruit of the Spirit. Mm. That also means God gave you a gift of the holy uh, a, a spiritual gift to serve each other, right? But that's, real, that's one of the most important things in this whole text is us, for us to realize exactly where you're going, that when I believed and God put his grace upon me and saved me, he also gave me the Holy Spirit instantaneously. And, and so maybe we ought to think of, every time you look at a coin, think of your salvation.
3: Hmm.
2: I believed, I got the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit you're as full
1: as the Holy Spirit today as you will be, as you were that first day he came into you. And I love, I mean, I love that picture that you said on Branding Day that there's a celebration. Because we actually see in Scripture, and I don't actually know the, the reference to it, but that we see in Scripture that when someone places their faith in, Je- in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that there's actually this celebration that happens in heaven yeah. on our behalf. Um, and it 's like man, on branding day, on the day that we are sealed with the holy spirit where where he claims us as his own um, that 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 there 's a celebration that takes place, and that right. happens not only here at the church, like with the family of God, but like in the heavenly realms yeah. which i've is... struggled. I love that picture bill because i 've always struggled
2: when you know the old prayer that we used to do in church, you know every head bow and every yeah. and raise your hand and um, i've always thought that was interesting yeah because heaven's joyful to the guy <laughs> who raises his hand everybody else got his head bowed nobody's joyful for the guy wanting to, the, the person wanting to accept christ it seems number one it seems completely unbiblical uh because i we're not finding joy in that person that says i need god we're not finding joy in a new brother and sister and I've always, I've always found that that interesting it ought to be you should, you should put thank you uh, i've got to remember to get this closer in my mouth um We should always be such a loving, open church that if somebody gets saved and wants to profess, they should be able to get up here and just say it and all the people just cry Hmm. and love on them. Remember what Philip did to the Enoch. He preached, he gave them. The guy guy was saved and they found a puddle (laughs) alongside the road to get baptized in. There was a huge amount of celebration in
1: that event. Yeah. Maybe you'll start a new trend every Every head up, every eye opened. Yeah. Very good. See how that goes. Um, I think if you hold the bottom of the mic, it's going to feed back. Thank so you. Hold the, hold the middle. Oh of the, the top. Thank yeah. you. Um, electronics. Electronics. Good stuff. Um, so when, they're, when we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, just like this idea of authenticity uh, and ownership that is branding, um, it, we're, God is marking and guarding his property so that the thief won't steal them. Um, and I love what we see Paul write in Romans nine verse, uh, verse Romans eight verse nine. He says, "If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him." Mm-hmm. Um, and that's right. That's the that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing him saying in verse twelve, "So that we who were the first to hope in Christ, right, place our faith in Christ. Might be the praise of His glory, so His name. In Him, when you also heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in Him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit." who is the guarantee of our inheritance. And that's what we talked about last week. Um, so just because there's some that weren't here last week, um, this inheritance, right? What, did, what are we talking about here?
2: The Maybe inheritance a recap
1: of, of last week. In,
2: the inheritance that he's talking about is everything of God's.
1: Mm. You're looked at as a son,
2: with the same inheritance that any son would get. And again, if we understand who God is, if we understand how he's worked, just the very fact that as a son and daughter of God, I have everything that is owned by the Father. You, again, you can't find a safer, more secure place in all of creation than that. One doesn't exist, right? So when we, when we unpack this verse to its, its application, its reality, it is a hugely secure, security in, in inheritance and safety. You can't lose it wasn't yours to begin with, right? <laughs> and in that inheritance, God is glorified. Yeah. Why? Because his whole plan from Deuteronomy chapter 6 to Revelation is to build that people. It's not a people of, of working his inheritance. It's a people of living his inheritance.
1: And this it plays itself out in power. Um, and I think that that's something that uh, maybe we could be... I don't know if fearful is the right word but maybe we've just had bad experiences in the past with people who are unbiblically charismatic and so yes. they end up um doing something or saying something that is not seen in scripture or not filtered through scripture and then it ends up causing destruction right because anything's not of the word is destruction exactly. so maybe we've seen somebody uh, I, I grew up uh, in a pentecostal church and so i saw people um go to these conferences where they would do this laughing in the spirit thing, they would go and they'd like touch people's heads and they'd pass out and they'd faint and, and it was just this like you're, you're watching this going, I don't, I'm not seeing this in scripture, yet people are acting like the power of God is a toy to be played with, um, but we do see that, that the Holy Spirit when he enters into our lives gives us power. Right? He gives us a, a supernatural power that, that we get to there, then go, therefore, make disciples, share that good news, and he brings people from death to life. And I love the visual we see in Ezekiel 37. Um, this is a prophet of the Lord. So, this is someone who spoke on behalf of the Lord um, to the people of God. And, and God tells him to go do something. And I, I think that it's, it's a pretty crazy thing that we see here, but it's a great articulation of the power of God that now dwells within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's Ezekiel 37. I'm just going to start in verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. Right? The hand of the Lord is upon those who he has, what we've seen in Ephesians 1, been adopted, predestined, chosen, and all those words. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. So the Spirit of God leads him to this valley, and in the valley are all these bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, they were, uh, they were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. That means these bones were very, very dead. <laughs> they were fossilized. They were very dry. There was no flesh left on them. They were dry bones. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Okay, hold on a second. If I was asked that question, what would my answer be? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> they are dead. These bones cannot live. But someone who really understands and knows and trusts in the power of the Lord doesn't see anything as dead. Doesn't see anything as impossible for God. So here we go. Thus says the Lord. Or So it says, he says to me, prophesy over these bones. So he tells Ezekiel to go and prophesy over these dry bones and he is going to bring them from death to life. Is there anybody in your life that you think is helpless and hopeless and can never accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? They're just too far away. I know that, they, I know that we say no, but there are people that are in our lives, the HOA president and those people, that we think sometimes are just too far gone. A son, a daughter, a grandson, a granddaughter a niece, a nephew. And we think, man, they're too far gone. P. Diddy, right? You're like, who's that? Um, People that we look at, but but what are we seeing here? That God can cause what is dead to come to life. And so here's what we see here, three things. Hear the truth Preach to these dry bones. The people in your life that are not saved need to hear the word of God. Yes, our actions proclaim a lot, but they need to hear the word of God. Blessed are those who feed, who bring the good news. The good news is something that is said, right? So we preach the news to these dry bones. Then they're born again by the Spirit, right? The breath is breathed over them, a breath of the Lord is breathed over them. And they believe in the gospel. What do they do? They come to life. And that's what we're seeing here in this promised Holy Spirit. Yep. That it comes in power. Yep. There's a, so here's some homework
2: for all of you. And I will give you my telephone number. When you do your homework, you can call me and discuss it this week. So I expect like 100 phone calls this week. In John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And he condemns Nicodemus by saying, You're a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things I just told you? The passage that's on Jesus' mind is chapter 36 and chapter 37 of Ezekiel. Mm. That's the only place in Scripture you can reconcile what he condemns Nicodemus of. So go home and read John chapter 3, and then come and say, Okay, Tim, help me walk through this, because it's a beautiful picture. It's new co- this is a new covenant text. Mm. And look how he ends it, Bill. The, the, the dead body thing at the end it's 14. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Uh, I will open up the graves and raise you from graves. You're dead. We're going to preach on that in the coming weeks when we get to, uh, to uh, Ephesians chapter 2. It says in your, you are dead in your trespasses and sin. The Greek word there is necrosis. We're dead. We're not sick. We're dead. I have to, I have, to have something breathe life into me. Um, And so again, we we see where what's beauty about this is we see every place that Paul is bringing in God's word into his teachings to Ephesus, right? He understands the Holy Spirit, right? He understands God's promise clear back to Moses and Abraham and Jacob and how he brings that forward into the New Testament. It's fulfilled, it's complete in Jesus Christ. And again, if we, if we get one teaching out of this is you cannot be in a safer place in a more secure place than in the hands of God hmm. it doesn't exist um, that's why I wanted last week I said I want to shepherd us into this and I wanted you to go back and read Romans 8, 29 and 30 because I think Paul was thinking the same way uh, when he was writing this long sentence, because in Romans 8:28 we see kind of a similar structure, and the, what I wanted you to look at in 8:28 28, was um, actually verse, I'll start in verse 29, so if you want to go there, it's Romans 8, i will start in 29, for those whom he foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn, Many, among many brothers, and those whom he predestined he called, and those whom he called, he justified, and those whom he justified, he glorified. Everything's in past, in, a, in, in, a, in English past tense. So it all, it's all happened, right? The interesting thing is the glorified's in past tense.
3: Hmm.
2: And we put it in past tense strictly because we don't know how to write it in the Greek. <laughs> the Greek glorified there is interesting because it almost stands secondary to time Mm. and what it really what the the Greek leads you to and what we need to lead you toward here is the minute that you had faith and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit our father looks at Hosea and says I see you glorified I see you no other way now you're not there yet right I'm not there yet. But that's the beauty and the, um, what did we see a few weeks ago, the lavishness and the Mm. expensiveness and the extravagance of the blood of Christ. It not only justified me, it, it allows the creator of the universe to say, oh, I see you like I see my son, completely glorified. Again, there's no more security and safety than that. There's no fear in being in that position. We call that theologically our positional stance in Christ. It doesn't get any better. And with everything that's going on in the world yet, the reason I love where we're at right now, God in his sovereignty brings things into reality so we can sit there and go, well, all the craziness in the world, I'm secure and safe positionally with the creator of the universe because of Christ Jesus.
1: Mm. That's what, that's beautiful, because that's what you know he ends with, right? We're sealed with the Holy Spirit, who's the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Exactly. To the praise of his glory. So there's this, we have the fullness of the spirit, and there's also more to come. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's this uh, beautiful picture of like, I think, because we can struggle in, in life, right? We could struggle with sin, mm hurt, habit, hang-ups, um, we can uh, struggle with uh, bitterness and all sorts of things, and what that ends up doing is honestly quenching the Holy Spirit, we see that in Scripture, and we'll touch yep. on that in later weeks, so we're not going to talk, talk a whole lot about quenching the Spirit right now, um, but it ends up quenching the Spirit, but, but the fullness of the Spirit still dwells within us, right. so even if we're not like, I don't know about you, but are you ever in a, I, the word I would use is a funk, ever, ever get into a funk? where you don't really desire to pray, you don't really desire to read the word, um, you, you're just, you feel like dry bones in some ways. Um, one, that's why God surrounds us with a family, because I know that in seasons that I'm like that, I need my wife to encourage me, like there have been many times, because God has said that he has given me a helper to help me, not to, to hurt me, not to, um, challenge me, but to encourage me, challenge in a good way, um, but there have been times where I'll wake up on a Saturday morning, and I am just, just angry, and I'm just, you know, in, in a bad mood, and and my wife will lovingly look at me and say, hey, I think you need to go get some time with Jesus, um, and instead of receiving that as, how dare you say that to me, it's it's recognizing that the Lord has given me someone to to say to me, hey, you're not in this, you're not, you're not going here, and and so when, when I'm in my sin, when I'm in my shame, when I'm in my guilt, I need brothers around me as iron sharpens iron. I need my wife, I need my, my friends, my family around me to say, hey, like, let's do this together. Um, that's the beauty about being in the family of Christ. And so, um, and so there's this guarantee of our inheritance, and I think that um, we fail to press in often to the power of the Spirit, um, one, again, like I said before, we're, we're scared of it or fearful of what may come. But two, there are things in our lives that we don't want to get rid of. There are things in our lives that we don't want to stop. We enjoy winding down at the end of the night with 28 episodes of The Office. Right? We, we, we don't want to stop sleeping in until 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. We don't want to stop doing things that maybe are unhealthy for us. We don't want to stop uh, having pleasures that are filling temporary holes inside of us that are sinful. And so we end up quenching the power of the Spirit in our lives. And I think that um, once we read this passage and we see that like the Holy Spirit is within us and that is where we will find the most fullness, that's where we will find the most joy, is being in the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, then we can begin to push that stuff aside and really make decisions that change this. Mm-hmm. Instead of waking up at the very last second, I'll wake up thirty minutes earlier to open up the Word, to pray intentionally. That's what's called a spiritual discipline. I will take time to fast. I will take time to um, to meet with people so I can be encouraged in my heart and in my mind. Um, we we we'll all say we're too busy. <laughs> Well, I'll say we have too much going on, we're too overwhelmed. But in all actuality, what we have is actually time. <laughs> like, we don't need to sleep as much. We don't need to uh, be on Instagram as much. Like, we, we tend to go to those things and say, and maybe this is just me, but we go on Facebook and Instagram because we want to find that, you know, blurb that, you know, a pastor that we like put up there that day, right? And so we go to find that one quote, but then get lost in 50 other things that are on there for two hours that aren't of the gospel, and so we can end up making these compromises along the way where we don't actually um, press into this, mm-hmm. and we don't. And, and one of the things that I tend to do too is I, I rely on other people uh, enjoying this, um, and so I'll listen. I'll podcast my favorite preachers. Right, I'll John Piper, Tim Keller. Um, I love listening to um, Sam Storms. Um, there's a bunch of David Platt, Matt Chandler um, but I t- then fail to open this up and let the spirit of God speak to me and so too often we, we are trying to eat the scraps off of somebody else's table when I'm not actually going to word to get fresh bread and so what we tend to do is we're like a Pez dispenser, I heard, I forgot who said it um, Francis Car- Chan. D.A.
2: Carson said we're, that we make God out of so-
1: and nothing but a great big Pez dispenser yeah, yeah yeah, so it's like who you know, who anybody want to you know, a pez, right? Um, who's who's serving it up today the best? Oh, I want to go hear this person preach or that person preaching. And there's
2: dangers in that, number one, you're hearing their thoughts and their applications of scripture and they're men, they're not inspired. We talked about that this morning, uh, Deb and, and Kathy and I did. The only place you get fed is you reading God's word, mm-hmm. right? I'm a man and and you remember He he warns us about that, right? In Acts, Paul came and taught about Christ to the Brians and the the Brians being who they were, they went home and studied scripture to make sure he was right, Mm. right? Uh, And and the truth in that is when Bill and I preach, when Mark gets up there and teaches or anybody gets up there and teaches, you should go home and read that Mm. and study scripture and make sure it's right because I'm not inspired by the Holy Spirit I'm just trying to rightly divide the Word of God Paul was not inspired by the Holy Spirit Peter was and 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 God says in Timothy that all scriptures God breathed valuable for for teaching and correction and and rebuking and growing Um, that puts a lot of that's why you need to have the spiritual gift to teach But if all I'm doing is listening to Piper and Carson and Keller and and not digging into this, I'm actually getting their thoughts on scripture when God says, I'll speak to you in my word. And so it's, um, you're robbing yourself, right? Uh, So we need to be in the word, uh, but we need to find pleasure in it too. So what happens in, 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 in Christianity a lot is we put a lot of pressure on people at, you know, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. That's good. But if you're putting pressure and you miss it, and all of a sudden now I'm 43 chapters behind, you get a lot of pressure, and you're not doing it for the joy of it. Mm. Or you're just doing it because I need to catch up. Right? We're goal-oriented people. We've been taught that all our lives, right? Make a task, put the girls out, complete it. And instead of just sitting there and say, I'm going to read just to enjoy my Father in heaven
3: mm.
1: for the pure pleasure of knowing him, um, uh, changes the whole way we we read. Uh, Quick clarity, because I I don't want someone to misinterpret what you said. Um, The Spirit of God does dwell within Tim, and when he speaks, there is power in what he says. What he's inspired by the Spirit, meaning what Tim, if Tim makes up something that's not found in this, we can't add that to the Scriptures. And often, I think, what we see in our culture is preachers will make these statements and these these slogans and these these one-offs, and it actually doesn't fully line up with this. I can be fallible, this can't. Correct. Um, And I think what we can tend to do in our culture is lift up what the people are saying. We write it on t-shirts, we put it on coffee mugs, and then after a while you're like, that's not even found in scripture, right? And so that's what I think, I I just want to clarify that that inspiration is you are inspired, meaning you, you're speaking the Word of God, but it has to line up with this. You're right. not going to come up with anything outside of this that's different. Right. I can't create new Correct. Holy Spirit inspiration. Correct. Right? Um, awesome. Can we pray? And then uh, the band's going to come on up. We're going to finish out with some, s- some singing. Father, thank you for your Word and your grace and your mercy. Uh, God, thank you for sealing us with the promise of your Holy Spirit. And so, God, we do pray right now that... Um, we would uh, experience you more and more as a church as a family um, as we are singing as we are talking afterwards as we're going home on our way God I pray that um, your spirit would move I pray that for those that are not uh, plugged into biblical community um, that they would uh, they would plug in Uh, for those that do not know you as their Lord and Savior I pray that they would have uh, heard your good news today that they are loved And that you, God, the creator of all things, desires a relationship with them. A real, authentic relationship. One that is intimate. One that is interactive. And so, God, if there's someone here today that have not placed their faith and their hope and their trust in you and you alone, God, I pray that your spirit would do that now, right now, in this very moment. God, if there's someone here who has been quenching your spirit, whether it's through sin uh, distraction, uh, laziness, whatever it may be, God, I pray that right now you would begin to call that out in them, so uh, that as we're going into the song, that you would begin to flood their mind of the things that they need to lay down, the things that they need to get rid of, um, and then the things that they need to that you're inviting them to do in order to cultivate that relationship with you. God, I pray that we would be a people of your word. We know that your spirit speaks through your word. And so, God, I pray that you would give each and every one of us, no matter how young or old we are, a desire to open up this book and read it. And when we come across things that we don't understand, that you would give us the courage and the confidence to go to a brother or a sister and ask for help. That's why you've created the church, God. And God, I pray that we would be the type of people that would go and share this good news with others. That we would not push off the fact, oh, we don't have that gift, um, but that we would obey the command to go and make disciples. Every single person here that believes in you as our Lord and Savior would go and share that good news with somebody. God, Easter is coming up. It's gonna be here quicker than we know it. And we know that people in our culture are most um, willing to step foot inside of a church they're most willing to hear about you and what you've done and so God I pray that you would give us courage and confidence to share your good news with people our neighbors our coworkers, our friends uh, the barista at Starbucks whoever it may be that we would share your good news so that people would go like you said that you would bring their dead bones to life God we love you thank you for this conversation that we get to have I pray that we would disciple one another like this in our everyday life we love you it's in your name that we pray Amen. Another thing, too, is I think that the ownership of discipleship falls on us as individuals. Um, So if you would say you're one of those people that have been in church your whole life but you have not been discipled, um, seek that out. Don't continually say, oh, well, they're not pursuing me. No, you pursue it. And so we have opportunities for you to pursue that. You can get in touch with the pastors, we have deacons, we have community group leaders. We have people that want to disciple you, that want to sit and open the word. And it doesn't matter if you've been in church for 30 years and you're like, well, I've never been discipled. Good, come so that we can disciple you um, in the ways of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Would you stand with us?
0: As we finish out in singing, I just want to read a passage of scripture over us. There was actually uh, there were two things that had come up to uh, come into my mind when we were talking about this passage of scripture. And um, I'll read them both. The, f- the first was, you know, as we're talking about the spirit and what the spirit of the Lord is for us, the guarantee of our inheritance and our helper, the um, spirit of the Lord also calls us to mission. And in Book of Luke, chapter 4, Jesus is actually quoting Old Testament scripture from Isaiah. And I'll just read this to us just to allow the Spirit to to instruct us in it. But uh, Jesus is saying this He's quoting Isaiah 61. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty. Those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, and and so often we can come here and we can be like, oh, that's great. You know, the reality for me is that I'm, I have the Spirit. You know, we can leave and we can live a life void of any response to that. And here, we're called to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. And as we enjoy just the last two songs that we're going to sing today. One of them's an older song you may know, and I want to read a passage of scripture that inspired a song. Psalm 42 says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Let's sing together.
4: for the water so my soul longeth after
3: thee
4: you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship thee you alone are my strength Spirit, you, you alone are my heart's desire, and I want to worship thee. you. Are Desire and I long to work. There is a king seated among us. Let every heart receive him now. Where there is praise, he will. Christ, the King above all. Every tear, he'll wipe away. We'll be at home. The war will be over. Soon we will meet our Savior face to face. So miss every burden. True.
1: Amen, amen. Man, praise God for all that He is doing. Um, and I pray, uh, Tim and I pray for you constantly that the Spirit will move in power and might um, and that we will continue to live lives um, that represent the gospel to every man, woman, and child uh, in our spheres and circles of accountability. So, Um, We love you guys. Uh, There's a couple of quick announcements. Um, One, that membership class that I was telling you about in the beginning, as you're walking out, you sign up on that table. It's three weeks. It's okay if you miss one. If you're like, you look at the next three weeks and say, well, we're not here this week. That's fine. We have things recorded. We will send them to you guys. Um, But it's just in the mornings. It starts at 830 here next week. Sign up for on the way out so we know who's going to be here, Um, and you'll be meeting upstairs in the upper room. Also, um, we are, I mean... It's not closed until it's closed, but the plan is that we are closing this week on the building. And I know we're celebrating that, and that's awesome. Um, and I know that there are some people that over the last maybe three or four months that have started coming and now call FMCC their church home, and they've asked, hey, how do we participate in this? Um, and so there are some commitment cards. You don't have to really worry about those. We had some other ones that we ran out of. Um, but the big thing for us is if you want to participate in um, us making this our permanent home, you can go. Go to our website and give, and so when you click um, the give link on our website, it'll take you to an online giving platform, and there are two drop-down menus. One is just the general fund, the other one is the building fund, and so you can go on there and give towards that. Um, you don't have to fill out this card and leave it for us if you don't want to, um, but if you want to participate because you've been here and you're like, hey, this is my church home, I want to be a part of this, um, we do have enough funds, praise God. We want to celebrate that the God has brought in the funds, so let's celebrate that for everybody that has given and given generously. Above and beyond, right, what the Lord um, has called us to get in a tie that we've, you guys have given above and beyond um, to purchase this facility. We've, we're getting a great deal. Um, this is a huge God story. If you haven't heard this story, it's absolutely amazing. I'll share it with you uh, at a later date. Um, but, uh, but there are also some other needs, like the roof is old and some of the ACs are old. And so we don't want to just bring all of our money to the closing table and be, you know, at zero. And so if you desire to give or participate in that, we would love for you to. But we don't want you to give under compulsion. We just want you to give generously and as the Lord directs. And so our encouragement would just be go before the Lord, ask him if he wants you to give towards it, and then give towards it if he says yes. If he doesn't say anything, then just faithfully continue to give as the Lord has called you to give. Um, And we do really do want to encourage you to participate in the Rye Nature Banquet that's happening tomorrow night. So if you're going to be a part of that, that's awesome. On your way out, they're going to hand you little cards. We have two tables already um, at the banquet, and so you can come look for Fort Myers Community Church tables um, and just come sit with us. Um, But on your way out, the address and everything is on there, so they're going to hand those to you um, as you leave. And that's it. We love you guys. Thanks for being here. Let's read the benediction. It's going to come up on the screen. I hope. May the God of peace be with you all. We love you. There's the benediction. May his face shine upon you. Amen. God bless. See you guys.